0: is going into, I think, our fourth year, I believe. I think this is our third completed year. I think it was four falls ago that we started meeting. I might be off on that, but I think so. But we're growing up. And one of the things that if you read God's Word, you will see in the New Testament, is that Jesus commands his followers, and Paul does, to take communion. To take communion. And uh, we've kind of uh, avoided that subject, um, just because it, it... it, It sometimes can be difficult because everyone has a different practice or a different way of thinking about it and whatnot. But the reality of it is, Scripture commands us to do that. And so we are going to obey Scripture and we're going to do that. So today is Communion Sunday. And going forward from here on out, the first Sunday of each month will be Communion Sunday. So how communion will work here is what we call an open communion. I explained this last week, but I'll explain it again uh, this week. Open communion means this, that you do not have to be a member of Loon Mountain Ministry Church. You don't have to be a member of any church. But you do have to be a member of God's family. Okay? And what that means is you put your faith, hope, and trust in Jesus. You've had a moment in your life, or a bunch of moments that lead up to a moment, of saying, Lord... I need you. I can't do this on my own. You know, and that looks different for everybody, you know. I'm not saying that you have to have come down an aisle at a church, at, a, at an altar call. I'm not telling you that you had to be hit by a beam of light in the woods, right? No, I, I'm saying that you in your heart, you in, in some point in time in your life have said, Lord, I need you. And then beyond, from that, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and you can see it in your life. You can see it by some of the things you choose to do and not choose to do. The things that you, people that you want to hang around with or whatever. You're subject of your your language and different things. You can tell. It's it's called fruit. The Bible calls it fruit. You you know that I am a believer in skiing and snowboarding. You know that about Marcus. Why? Because the fruit of my life will tell you that I am a skier and a snowboarder. Just go into my garage. You're like, whoa. There's a lot of, okay, you know, Heidi and I and the kids, we're going to go and do just Christmas with us up at Sugarloaf tonight and tomorrow night, and I packed the car last night. There was two pairs of skis for every kid, a snowboard and skis for mom and dad, and two pairs of boots for Abishay. It was like, wow, we are a skiing family, you know? So you see the fruit of it in our lives. As a believer... Uh, Galatians five twenty two tells us that that fruit isn't ski boots and skis and poles and wax and sharpening equipment. That fruit of a Christian is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self control. Did you hear me say church attendance? Did you hear me say you know voting a certain way or listening to certain music or you know wearing certain clothes? I didn't say that. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness. That is the fruit that says you're connected to the vine. Jesus says he's the vine. You and I are the branches. The fruit of the Spirit is what comes out of that. Do you have to be perfect? No. Because if we had to be perfect, none of us could take communion. Because there's some other, futes, other fruits in Marcus's life. I'm not a very compassionate person. I'm not a very patient person, right? I had to work on my patience on that 36-hour car ride to Colorado, huh, true? That was an awesome car ride. Here's the thing, though. When you're driving the church van, it says God Community Mountains on the back window. So anytime you get lost and have to cut somebody off to make it to the road that you're looking for, anytime you get in the wrong toll line and you're like, oh, no, I'm in the wrong toll line, I can't go we just would go through and be like God Community Mountains baby because you're like man I just cut this person off and they're looking right at God Community Mountains you're like oh sorry about that God Community Mountains so that became our like new saying whenever something happened where I don't know somebody hit the rumble strip in the middle of the night that will wake you up you know like cause you're trying to get some good sleep because you've like driven forever and all of a sudden you hear that brrrr, we just go God Community Mountains baby you know Oh, geez, there was this one time. It's crazy. When you go out to Colorado, you go straight till you hit you know, Chicago, then you take a left and you hit Des Moines, Iowa. From Des Moines, Iowa to the Rocky Mountains, the road does not turn. It doesn't turn. It is one thing, and what's beautiful about it, it is 80 miles an hour. So we were coming into Colorado. We were all super exhausted, and one of the guys from Vermont was driving, and I think at one point in time, I was the only one that was staying awake, because like I knew where my uncle's house was, where we were going. And I'm in the back seat, and all of a sudden I look up, and there's a car in our in our slow lane. We're in the slow lane. They're doing like 40, and we're doing like 80. And we're catching them at a rapid rate, and he is not changing lanes, the guy that's driving. And it was one of those things where I wanted to be like, Josh, change lanes, but I couldn't say anything. All I could do was go, hey, hey, hey! You know, he's like, oh, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, and I was like, God, communion, hours, baby. But how incredible is God? I mean, we went 70 something hours in the church van and had no more of a hiccup than a hiccup. It was great. God is so good to us. Enough about all that, but I just like bragging on God. It was really, really cool. Okay. So back to communion, communion Sunday. We went all over the place. I know there communion Sunday. So that's how we're going to practice communion. It's an open communion. And this is how we're going to do it. At the end of the service, we're gonna do, we're gonna, Drew and the team's are going to come out and play a song. It's during that time we're going to transition over to the tables over there. On the tables, there's going to be a vase of grape juice and a vase of wine. And then there's going to be a basket of bread. There is a basket of gluten-free bread. So if you're a gluten-free person, look for the gluten-free bread. Um, and we will do communion as a family, as a church family. So serve one another, serve your own family, pour a glass or somebody else. The grape juice is in the plastic containers. The wine is in the glass containers. Just so you know the difference, they look identical um, in color. Bla- uh, plastic containers is grape juice, uh, glass containers is, is the wine. Um, and that's how we're gonna do it. And here's the thing, if you are uncomfortable with communion, that is okay. We don't want you to feel like, uh, I can't come here or it's weird or I have to. No, that's a one reason why we've kind of been avoiding it for a while. We, we understand that not everyone's comfortable with this practice and that's okay. And so that's why we have opted not to do it at the front or not to pass it out in the chairs. We've opted to kind of create a transition. And if it's something that you're like, no, nah, I'm not really comfortable with, that's okay. Like make your way out or just hang in the chairs. We're not gonna make it weird. We're not going to make it weird. Today, there's no lunch afterwards. We're going to be fasting for Billy and praying for Billy. But um, there's no lunch afterwards. But typically, there'll be a lunch to follow. And you can just continue to be at the tables and hanging out. Um, But you can serve your kids, serve your neighbor. And I will come over there. We'll move over to that train there. I will move over there. And I will lead you guys in communion. Um, I'll talk about the bread, the breaking of the bread, and the taking of the cup. This here um, is one of the famous pieces of scripture for communion. It's from Luke chapter 22 verses 14 to 20. It says, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After that he took the cup. He gave thanks and said, This is the divine, this is, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine, and the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And the same way after that, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Here's what I want to focus on today communion Sunday. Right down near the bottom, in the middle of this bulletin, it says gave thanks. The the table of the Lord in the traditional church is called the Eucharist. And you know where that term comes from. It comes from the Greek word for thanks or thanksgiving or thankfulness. The Greek word for thankfulness or thanksgiving is eucharistio. And it is mentioned 72 times in the New Testament. What is so incredible about the fact that the traditional church calls it the Eucharist is that this is where we remember and give thanks for what God has done. And I did not understand the power of thanksgiving, right, until I read this book called A Thousand Gifts by a lady named Ann Vos Camp. If you haven't read it yet, I highly suggest it. She's a difficult read because she's super artistic, but just kind of get into it. It's incredible. And she was challenged by a lady in her church. And was just, you know, a, a gal that was going through life like most of us do, and she was down. It was just tough. She was just focusing on the negative. It's just easy to focus on the negative. You get a bunch of kids. They don't want to wake up. They fight on the way to church. They fight on the way home. No one's sleeping correctly. You burn the biscuits. You know, you know. <laughs> You know, you can just easily start to focus on the negatives. You know, I I was sitting with Heidi the other day. We were in our living room. I mean, this absolute gorgeous living room, fireplace, Christmas tree, children. And I was just grumpy, just wicked grumpy. And I was like, "What? what do I have to be grumpy about? Like, what? It's so easy to be overwhelmed by the negativity or the negative thoughts. And one of the things Anne has discovered is that thanksgiving is a supernatural tool to chase away negativity and doubt. It's a supernatural tool for healing. What's incredible in the the New Testament, every time Jesus performed a miracle... Right before he performed the miracle, I never knew this until I read that book, he gave thanks. It was crazy. Before he put the mud on the guy's eyes and healed him from being blind, he stopped, gave thanks to the Father, then put the mud. It's like, what? I never noticed that. And what's beautiful, it's not isolated to the New Testament. You go to the Old Testament. I don't know how to say it in Hebrew, but it's like a Y and a D and another thing. It's like Yid, I think, or something like that. And it's like 72 times in the Old Testament. But it's over 140 times in Scripture where it is thankfulness, thanksgiving, to give thanks. And it's a big, big element. It's a big part. And what's cool is in 1 Thessalonians, Paul tells us it's the will of God. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of times in my life that I'm like, hmm, I wonder what the will of God is in this. <laughs> it says in 1 Thessalonians the will of God is to give thanks. You know? And so our dear friend Billy, he is working on giving thanks in this situation, you know. Our dear friends that are going through some difficult times are working on giving thanks in those situations. And this lady encouraged Anne to start, start giving thanks. And she gave her a notebook and said, I want you to write down a thousand things you're thankful for. And at first it was like, "Well, oh, I'm thankful for my husband. I'm thankful for this day. I'm thankful for my church. I'm thankful for my car. I'm thankful for my house. Those are all good things. But that's what we all do, Right? But you can only do that up to probably about 50 or 60. Then you're like, oh my goodness, I still have to get to 1,000? This lady challenged me to get to 1,000? That's much more difficult. You have to kind of get minute. And then she started getting thankful for things like this. This is crazy. The way the bubbles slide down the sink and catch the sunlight while she's doing dishes. That got weird. She just went into a new realm, a new dimension. Who goes there while they're doing dishes? I don't. I'm like... Why do my kids use four plates for breakfast? They could have just used one, you know, or no plates. Eat it off the counter for crying out loud, you know? Because you can get in that vein, in that mode. And she remembered that, you know? She, she, you know, she said, giggles that I hear coming up the stairs from the basement, you know? What's beautiful is Thanksgiving gives you the eyes that the Spirit has. It gives you the ears that the Spirit has. You all of a sudden will see and hear things you never did before when negativity clogged your ears and blinded your eyes. The greatest power against negativity is Thanksgiving. And what's beautiful is we're going to come together as a church beginning of each month and we're going to celebrate the Eucharist, the Thanksgiving. And what's awesome about this passage, okay? Jesus was explaining to him that he was going to suffer and die. And they're like, what are you talking about? You are the Messiah, the Mashiach. You have come to dominate the Romans and reassert the Israelites as the powerhouse in the political realm in the Middle East. That's what they thought. And Jesus was like, ah, have you read the book of Isaiah? doesn't say anything about this dude coming in to create a power. It says, like a lamb was led to the slaughter, so he went. Did you read that first, pal? That's not a powerhouse. It's a lamb going to the butcher shop. That's freaky. And that's what Jesus did. He partook of the supper, and he went, and he gave his life. And then he came back to life. Here's what's crazy. They were freaking out. They completely forgot about those words that he would come again, he would rise again, you would see him again. They just, you know, they panicked. He died. It was over. Their movement was over. The guy that was leading them, that they were going to take over the Romans and get back power again, was dead. They were in a room freaking out. Some random guy starts praying for their meal. Do you know how they knew it was Jesus? By the way he gave thanks before he broke the bread. I can imagine that moment where a disciple's heart is just in the tank. They don't believe. They just don't know what's going on. They're too afraid to even go out in the streets. They don't know where they're going to turn to next. They're afraid that they're going to die on a cross. They're afraid that they're going to get hurt. They're afraid that they're going to... They're they're afraid. Everything they put their faith and hope in the last three years was just gone. And then all of a sudden they heard something familiar. And what's beautiful about the way Jesus gave thanks the night of the Last Supper, I would have thought this is the first time that he did this. Now, this is the first time that he said, this is my body and this is my blood. That was weird. If I was just hanging out with Jesus for three years, he gave thanks the same way every time he drank drank and every time he ate. He gave thanks. And what's beautiful about it is it would be just like a son coming into the kitchen and getting something from his father. I love it. Jesse all the time comes in, can have a snack? I open the cupboard. He's after, you know, after school, they're wicked hungry. i get a snack down. Thanks, Dad. Boom. Out the door. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. They heard this guy say thanks, Dad. In a way, they had not heard Thanksgiving given before. Now, they had prayed for their meals for thousands of years before Jesus showed up. But as bears like, no, thank you very name, amen. And they'd go right like to eating. All of a sudden, this guy shows up and just makes it super personal. Hey Dad, you're so good. And this is great pot roast. Thank you, Lord. Very good. Thank you for potatoes. Thank you for carrots. Thank you for beets and onions. Thank you for corned beef. Thank you for slow cookers and grandmas. Thank you. You know? I was waiting for him to give me a hard time about talking about food. <laughs> I know, we're fasting. It's not a good time today. Sorry. Um, and so all of a sudden he was giving thanks in a very personal way that was really interesting and unique and new. And then he died. And it was like, whoo, silence. Everything was over. And they were so confused. And then this guy shows up. And there's rumors that he's not in the tomb anymore. Because the, the women came home and like. He's, he's, nothing's there. Someone took him. Someone took him. And they didn't say he was risen. They said someone took him. Someone's stolen the body. Someone's vandalized what means a lot to us, right? And then a couple of chapters later, some guy shows up and prays for the meal. And it says, he gave thanks. And it says, and when he gave thanks, they recognized him. I can only imagine he didn't get done that prayer. It wasn't like he got to amen. He started giving thanks for the bread, and they literally jumped out of their seats and were like, Jesus! What? You're real what? And then big like, you know. And he might have been like, whoa, I haven't gone to my dad yet. Whoa, 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 don't touch me. I haven't gone to dad yet. You know? And so, it's his thanksgiving that makes them recognize him. There is power in thanksgiving. And so when we partake of the table, as Loon Mountain Ministry, the the, the, the foundation of it is what Jesus did. Give thanks. Give thanks. And what we're giving thanks for is that the Son of God chose to leave His heavenly home. He chose to take on mortality, taste something He was never supposed to taste before. Things like sneezing, coughing, Dry skin, you know, dandruff, and ultimately death. All of the things that are results of the fall. All the things that result from the fall. Skinny knees, headaches. I mean, the Son of God probably had a stomach ache. That's crazy. <clears throat> Said he was everything in the likeness of man. So I've got to believe that he had a headache once in a while. And it was usually probably because of Peter. <laughs> I love Peter. I am so much like Peter. You know, not only do I put one foot in my mouth, I put the other one in a couple hands. Peter just opens his mouth, insert foot, boom. I'm like, thank the Lord that he's in Scripture because I do it so many times. Like I said, you don't have to be perfect. When the Scripture said they do not come to the table in an unworthy manner, people freak out about that. And rightly so. What was going on historically at that time when Paul wrote that, we talked about it last week, was that the rich people, the rich people in the church, were taking precedence over the poor people. And they were getting to go first at communion. And they were getting to get the best communion. And a lot of times there wasn't any communion left over for the poor people. (laughs) That is taking communion in an unworthy manner. I don't want you to sit there and be like, well, I'm a a sinner. I, I can't. I can't take, communion. Do you know Jesus? Have you put your faith, hope, and trust in Him? When we talked about it, He's the one that makes you gorgeous inside. Not your efforts, not your church attendance, not how well you know the Bible. It's your faith. And not your faith in anything else, but your faith in Jesus alone. It cleanses you from the inside out. We're coming to the table today to give thanks for that. Remember it to give, to give, to give thanks. And we we invite your children. So uh, when I get done praying here, okay, we're gonna move into a time of 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 Drew and the crew singing the song. That's when um, while I'm praying here, maybe if those that were gonna set up communion, like Owen and uh, Amelia, if you guys could kind of clear that table back there, then the lady's gonna bring it. It's going to be on those three tables. There's going to be on each table uh, two pitchers, one of wine, one of, of grape juice. Remember, classic grape juice. Glasses of wine. will be a basket of bread. Um, there will be a gluten-free bread basket somewhere. There will be three tables there. I would like, as a congregation, don't feel like you got to go specific places. Just come around the table. 360. Don't just kind of come on this side. Go around the table. 360. I want you looking at each other. There's a reason why it's called communion with unity, right? Yes. Shouldn't there be a time when you talk to the Lord? Totally. And maybe while I talk to Him right now, you can talk to Him in your heart. Thank Him. Say, Lord, You know my heart. You know the things I've done. You know. You've forgiven me. I'm confessing to You. Um, And then uh, we will go into song. And if you have kids that you want to do this, yes, yes, that's okay. We want your kids to be a part of communion. Go find them in a place and listen if they goof off or whatever okay we're in this together yep yeah, we'll, we'll help you need me to smack Sorry, upside the head yeah, maybe I'll mis- like miss Nick Jesse <laughs> we all have kids I, so um, we uh, you're just the most animated in the crowd so I love picking on you <laughs> I love it um, oh, sorry got a little aggressive there on the high five um, so that's what, that's what we're going to do. Okay. All right. Awesome. Lord, we're a family, God, we're here and Lord, you've been so gracious to us to open the door to this building, to these people, to this town, to this mountain, you, you're just so good. Uh, we thank you so much for this opportunity to come to the table and we come as a family and we know not all of our family is here. Some are not here because of the uh, health. Some aren't here because of travel. Lord, some aren't here because they're they're part of the mountain community and they're waiting for that church service to start a a month from now. Uh, You are good to us, and we have family everywhere because we have one God, one Savior, and one Holy Spirit. And Lord, we are partaking of one communion. One communion. Today, God, we, we know that we're not perfect. And we know that we cannot be perfect based on anything that we can do or say. So right now, Lord, we put our faith, hope, and trust in you. By the power of your Holy Spirit, we come to your table with clean hands and a pure heart. Not because of anything we've done. Not because of anything that we can do. But that the Holy Spirit is pure. That you are good, Jesus. We thank you, thank you, thank you. Your sacrifice on the cross, and that we can remember it two thousand years later. So, name and Amen. So, after the song, we're gonna play through a song. After the song, we're gonna move back to the tables. So it looks like we're gonna move a little bit further back on the tables. Amelia, if you would take kind of those jackets and whatever else.